Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Uh, Judges chapter number 6, we're in verse number 11. I actually was wrong. Uh, we're going to be uh, uh, talking about Gideon for four Sunday mornings. Uh, last Sunday morning, we kicked it off. Uh, we're going to be talking about Gideon for four Sunday mornings, three Sunday nights. Uh, he takes up that much of the Bible, uh, and he's one of my favorite characters. I think one of the reasons he's one of my favorite characters is uh, he has what I would consider a low spiritual self-esteem. I think Moses had that when he said, uh, I'm a man of slow speech, and, and I can't possibly, and how can I? And, um, and, and, and Gideon, the same way, uh, oh my Lord, I'm, I'm the, uh, my family's poor, I'm the, the least of my family in Israel, I can't, I, I can't do that. And, um, and, and, and God has a way of, of continuing to impress upon you, continuing to impress upon you uh, to where, uh, yes, you can't, but he can. Yes, you can't, but he can. Uh, and when we put all of our trust in him, not only can he, uh, he can, he will. And so uh, look at verse number 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah. Some of this is going to be uh, overlapping. That uh, pertained unto Joash, the Abbi Ezrite, uh, and his son Gideon threshed. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And we talked about how uh, you usually thresh wheat on the ridges, the wind blowing the chaff, uh, the grain falling back. Uh, and the presses, especially the olive press, but also the wine presses, usually in the valleys. And so uh, Gideon wasn't just trying to hide the wheat. Uh, he was also trying to hide uh, himself. He's cowering, he's fearing. Uh, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, uh, not you're the best I have, you're the only one I have to work with, but uh, the Lord is with thee, here it is, thou mighty man of valor. Uh, thou mighty man uh, of valor. Uh, I, I don't think we realize the power uh, that comes with words of affirmation. Uh, words of affirmation. Um, uh, it's the Bible says, it says, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. Uh, we want to speak life-giving words. That's why uh, we're to let no corrupt communication corrupt. Uh, kind of a cankering, cancerous corrupt communication uh, proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, edifying, building, that it may minister grace unto the hearers as uh, the refining fire is to silver, so is a man to his praise. Uh, and the tongue's a deadly poison that can destroy. Uh, it's like a small fire that kindles a great destruction. Uh, and so uh, I, I think we do uh, need to learn to obey James. Let every man be swift to hear uh, slow to speak. And a prudent man knows what is acceptable, uh, what words will be a blessing, not just shooting away, shooting away. I just call it like I see it. Uh, God says, yeah, but you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't. Uh, you should at least filter it. Uh, not that it shouldn't be true, uh, but you don't necessarily have to be harsh. Uh, in fact, Ephesians says, speak the truth. There it is. Uh, speak the truth in love. And so uh, those words of affirmation, uh, Gideon, thou mighty man uh, of valor. Not yet, but will be someday. Not yet, but it's going to be with God's help. Uh, and Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, 
Uh, If the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Why are all these problems here? Uh, And where be all his miracles? If the Lord be with us, uh, why are we going through all these problems? And uh, where are the miracles of God, which our uh, fathers told us of saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now, and so he starts out saying, um, okay, if the Lord's with us, then why do we go through all these problems? Why do we go through all these problems? We all go through problems. Uh, If the Lord's with us, where's his miracles? Where are his blessings? Uh, And he concludes by saying, but now the Lord's not with us at all, but now the Lord hath forsaken us. Uh, You talk about a guy that uh, has a uh, wrong perception of God, a a wrong perception of God uh, rhetorically, well, if the Lord be with us, then uh, why do we have all these problems? Lord be with us, and uh, where are all his miracles? And, uh, and in fact, the Lord's not with us. He has uh, forsaken us, 13, and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites, 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, uh, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent uh, thee? God is calling an unlikely hero uh, to battle uh, an unbeatable foe uh, and to use some unconventional uh, weapons. Uh, He's calling an unlikely hero to fight an unbeatable foe, uh, and he's supposed to use some some, uh, unconventional weaponry. And you remember what that was if you're here Sunday. Uh, It was a pitcher, kind of a carry water in that pitcher, uh, and it was a flashlight, a, a pitcher, a torch, uh, and a, a pitcher, a flashlight, and a kazoo. Remember that, a kazoo? Uh, a pitcher, a torch, and a trumpet. And those are the weapons that he gets. And we're going to find out Sunday morning uh, that, well, maybe I'll get enough people on my side, we can overwhelm them. Uh, God says, no, you have too many people on your side. Let me whittle it down for you. Down to 300 uh, uh, with a pitcher, a, 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 a flashlight, and a, a kazoo. Uh, and so uh, this unlikely hero that's already a little nervous, called to fight uh, an unbeatable foe that is oppressing them, uh, overshadowing them, uh, and uh, to use some unconventional uh, weaponry. Verse 15, and he said unto him second time, Oh my Lord, I can't. I can't. Wherewithal shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I think all of us that are here on Wednesday night realize that every once in a while, God will call us to do the unimaginable. God will call us to do something that's beyond explanation, that's beyond human reasoning, whether it's uh, given an, an, an extreme amount of, uh, of finances to the work of the Lord. And uh, Gideon would say, how can I? My family is poor in Israel. Uh, if the Holy Spirit's prodding it, you need to do it. If the Holy Spirit's not prodding it, then please don't do it. But, but if the Holy Spirit's moving you to do it, then do it. Uh, sometimes he asks for the unimaginable. Uh, maybe it's to step out uh, in faith to do an unusual ministry, uh, a ministry that uh, you don't really feel qualified to do, uh, and boy, it's just other than, bigger than, un- unimaginable. 
uh, 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 oh my Lord, how can I? Uh, how can I? My family's poor and, and, and I am the least. And uh, while Gideon is dismissing, dismissing, you got the wrong guy, dismissing, dismissing, uh, I don't have the ability, dismissing, dismissing, uh, it can't possibly be me. And uh, in fact, uh, let me go strong and say, uh, uh, you're not blessing. Uh, you've forsaken us. You've turned your back on us. Where are your miracles? Uh, 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 no, no, I can't possibly because uh, you're not with me anyway. Uh, and that's point number one. If you write it down, uh, God reassuring him first with the correction in his words, the correction uh, in his words. Look at verse number 12. Uh, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee. And Gideon said, oh, no, he's not. Uh, and so uh, the angel of the Lord, I believe it's a theophany, a Christophany, an Old Testament appearance of Christ. And there's many reasons why. I think we'll talk a little, touch on a little bit. Uh, but um, uh, when God is saying, even if it's just an angel that, that for the most part are infallible, giving him God's word to him, uh, uh, um, it, it's, it's almost like when Simon Peter was on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner's house and um, God was trying to change his mind about the Gentiles. Cornelius was praying and uh, God to teach him that uh, the gospel is also to the, to the Jew, first also to the Gentile. Uh, he let down that net of forfeited beasts and creeping things and unclean animals and, uh, and then God told him, uh, arise and eat. God told him, uh, arise and eat. And Simon Peter's response was, not so, Lord. Uh, no, God, nothing unclean has passed. Boy, I'm more spiritual than to obey you. Uh, I, I'm cleaner and holier, and uh, my standards are higher than uh, to, to listen to that command that you gave me. Uh, and so it's a little bit like that, where the angel of the Lord is telling Gideon, the Lord's with you, uh, and Gideon's saying, uh, oh, no, he's uh, not. And let me say this. Uh, it doesn't matter who's against you if God's with you if God's with you. It doesn't matter uh, what the odds are like stacked uh, against you uh, when God says, I am with uh, you. I am uh, with uh, you. It doesn't matter who you're going against. Uh, Gideon and God equals a majority. Uh, God doesn't need his 32,000. God doesn't need his, his, his uh, 22. God doesn't need his 300. Uh, by the way, God doesn't need Gideon. God doesn't need Gideon. It was God's grace that included Gideon. But aren't you glad that God doesn't need us, but, but God in his grace and his love for us wants to include us, involve us in the work that he's doing, uh, and praise the Lord for that. Uh, you see, history is just that. It's his story. Uh, it's his story, and it's not uh, written by someone else. It's an autobiography God writing his story himself. Uh, and the only time we're written into the storyline is when we're in the will of God, when uh, we're impacting the kingdom of God, when, when, when we're listening and following and submitting and involved in uh, the work of God. Uh, if not, uh, our life has no value, impact, significance. Am I overstating that? Nope, not at all. Uh, and if not, our life has no impact, influence, or significance at all. I don't care how much money you amass. I don't care how big a house you live in. 
I don't care how enjoyable your uh, three score and ten is, uh, if we're not involved in the work of God, God wants to involve us. Uh, It's a matter of whether we say, have thine own way, Lord, Uh, have thine own way. And so Gideon, uh, you're panicking, but the Lord's with you. Uh, He's being comforted with God's words. Uh, Gideon's panicking, but the Lord is with you. Uh, Remember when uh, Joseph was uh, betrayed by his brothers, they hated him uh, and could not speak peaceably unto him. They sold him uh, into slavery. They, they basically sent him uh, to Egypt, lying to dad about him. Uh, uh, Genesis 39, 2 says, but the Lord was with him. But the Lord was with him. Oh yeah, he feels like he's on his own. He's not on his own. The Lord is with him. And then uh, Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him. And, and Potiphar just said, I'm going to believe my wife, and I'm not going to look in. I'm not going to ask any questions. Hey, I'm just going to believe the, go- the gossip and the dirt, and, and that's just why well, I'm just going to believe that. Uh, and, and imprisoned him. Uh, but uh, Genesis 39:23 says, but the Lord was with him. And, and it's funny to me that um, uh, he went from a slave in Potiphar's house to running all of Potiphar's house because the Lord is with him. Uh, and uh, when Potiphar imprisoned him, uh, he went from a prisoner in that prison house to actually running the prison. It's amazing uh, how God elevated him, but it was because the Lord is with him. I- I'm with you, Gideon. I'm with you, Gideon. And Gideon said, verse 13, if the Lord be uh, with us, why then is all this befallen us? And uh, where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, uh, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now God hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hand uh, of the Midianites. And and I would say, yeah, you're partially right there, uh, but it's because Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord that the Lord brought the Midianites. Uh, And the Lord didn't bring the Midianites just to oppress them, but to turn them back to him, back to him. Uh, I think one of the uh, scariest, uh, most dangerous places to be is trying to live your life apart from an awareness of the presence of God. Uh, Well, I got this. I'm smart enough to do this. I can budget this. I uh, am talented enough. I got this. Boy, we need to wholly, daily, continually rely upon uh, the Lord. And, and, and obviously, uh, Gideon uh, wasn't walking in an awareness of God's presence because Gideon was doubting God's presence. Uh, Gideon was denying God's presence. He's not walking in God's presence. Okay, just so you get the, the context of everything. Uh, he's doubting God's presence. Uh, not aware of God's presence. And so, of course, uh, he's not going to be walking in uh, God's presence. And I find myself all too often throughout the day um, uh, uh, just kind of forgetting about, just kind of forgetting about. I, I know he's there. I know he's there. But, but just not as fully focused on him as I should. Um, and, and all of us have those gaps that we need to uh, make sure that we're continuously aware of the presence of God uh, and walk in uh, the presence uh, of God. And so um, uh, when uh, the angel Lord said, hey, God's with you, uh, Gideon in verse 13 said, uh, oh, no, he's not. Uh, and, and, and even re- referencing how our fathers told us how uh, he brought them out of Egypt, but, but not now, not now, not now. It's almost, 
Yeah, God has the power to save us, but does God have the power to sustain us? Oh, yes, God has the power to deliver us. At one time, back then, uh, but, but does God really have the power to do that uh, and the care for us to do that uh, today? Uh, and so Gideon is pushing it back on God. Gideon is pushing it back on God. No, he's forsaken us. He's forsaking us, forsaken us. Uh, but then uh, I think uh, in Isaiah, God would put it back on him when God said, uh, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, uh, nor his ear deaf that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. It's your sins that did that. It's your sins that did that. Verse 1, uh, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, and so if you feel distant from God, I'll give you one guess on who distanced themselves in that relationship. Is anybody with me on that? Uh, you, you guys have heard the story about... Um, uh, in, in a small country town, uh, this uh, country kind of a guy, they started dating and uh, a girl and, and, and they kind of fell head over heels uh, in love with each other. And in their dating, he had a, one of those old pickup trucks that had bench seats. I don't even know if they have bench seats anymore uh, in pickup trucks. But, but um, uh, when they were riding together, she would tuck herself under his arm and uh, kind of like they thought it took two people to drive the truck, two people to drive. Uh, you see him in the back window, and it looks like that's one person that has two heads uh, in the back window. Uh, and, and life kind of happens as they progress in their relationship. They get married, and then differences and um, uh, distancings happen. And pretty soon, she's not tucking herself under his arm. She's sitting all the way over uh, by the passenger side door until she finally just said, what happened to us? Why, what happened to us? Why, I remember when we used to sit side by side, so close, there was nothing between us. Uh, and now we're worlds apart. Uh, and, and the country guy uh, just kind of looked at her and then looked at him and then looked at the steering wheel and said, the steering wheel's been where it's always been. I've been sitting uh, behind the steering wheel this whole time. Uh, I didn't distance from you, you distanced from me. Clever, cute story. Uh, but I think it does kind of... Um, uh, picture uh, uh, what our relationship, Gideon's definitely uh, relationship, and by the way, Gideon may have been further than that, because uh, we're going to see at the end of the chapter, um, uh, next Wednesday, uh, the end of the chapter, that uh, one of the first things Gideon was to do is to pull down the high places and destroy the images that his father was worshiping. Uh, and so uh, Gideon may have been uh, an idolater based upon uh, just like our families come to church together, our families, for the most part, come to church together uh, in Baal worship, in that idolatry, their families, their families would, would worship their, those uh, idols together. And so, uh, verse number one, Gideon, don't blame it on God. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, uh, and the Lord delivered them uh, into the hand uh, of Midian. So, uh, obviously, Gideon's not walking in God's presence because he's not even aware of God's presence. And uh, obviously, he doesn't understand God's correction. God's correction. Uh, you know, a pivotal time for uh, a Christian, but I would also say a staff member, uh, I would also say an employee, is during a time of correction. During the time uh, of correction. A wise man will receive correction, uh, but a foolish man 
uh, won't ever receive correction. Uh, in the same way, not just in the job site, uh, a wise, prudent employee will receive correction. Well, he overcorrected me. Yeah, you can still learn from it, though. Uh, and it's not mine to force how he corrects. It's mine to make sure I respond the way I should to correction. Uh, and Gideon here uh, is basically viewing God. Uh, God, you've overcorrected. Uh, God, uh, where are all your miracles? God, why do we go through all of this? You're not even here. You've forsaken us. Boy, it's that kind of a, a, a spirit. And so verse 12, the reassurance, uh, I'm with you, uh, I'm with you. And then Gideon in verse 13, uh, oh, no, you're not. Uh, and so put down number two, if you will. We see number one, the correction in the words, uh, the correction in the words. Uh, and if you're not in the word of God on a daily basis, um, I, 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 you really have no hope uh, of growing in the Christian life because uh, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, uh, babies cry for milk, uh, not just on a daily basis. Uh, that ye may grow thereby. Uh, it's the word of God. The word of God. Uh, uh, let's see, it's Acts chapter 15 that says, uh, the word of his grace is able to build us up. And so uh, if you're not reading the word of God and then you're not getting the correction from the word of God, and, and the correction here is encouragement. The correction here is uh, affirmation on God is with you. Uh, and so number two, the commission for the work. Uh, and here's what's really striking to me, the commission for the work. Uh, as Gideon is saying, uh, where are all his miracles at? Uh, why are all these problems happening? Uh, the Lord is not with us. The Lord uh, is not with us. And look at how God responds uh, right on the heels of saying, God, you're not here. God, you're not blessing. God, you're, you're, caught, you're allowing us to go through problems. And God, you're not, where are your miracles, God? You've forsaken us. Look at 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? You're just the guy I'm looking for. And so uh, I, I don't know if that shocks anybody else, but um, it, it's, almost, it's, it's almost to the point of uh, Gideon is protesting so much uh, uh, I, I can see God saying, yeah, you're right, let me find someone else. Yeah, yeah, you're right, let me find someone else. Uh, because uh, you're not walking in my presence, you're not aware of my presence, you're uh, accusing me, blaming me for the Midianites and forsaking you and not blessing you. And, uh, and, and, um, uh, but but uh, end of the day, God only has sinners to choose from that he can use. And by sinners, I mean none of us are perfect. And by none of us are perfect, I mean you aren't, okay? So, uh, and I'm not, that's what I mean. Uh, and, and, and so when God's looking for someone to use for a particular task, uh, he only has imperfect people to choose from to call. Uh, okay, let me put it this way. God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called and so, uh, Gideon, you're feeling like you can't do it, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. Uh, and that's the best place to be. And let God equip you. God has called you. Uh, and God will bless through you. And by the way, uh, he equips us with himself. He equips us with himself. 
um, uh, not many mighty are called, not many noble are called, um, uh, and, and down through the whole laundry list, um, uh, so that no man should glory in his presence. And then a little later on, uh, it says uh, that Christ is our wisdom. Christ is our uh, wherewithal. Christ is our righteousness. And so uh, when we realize we can't, praise the Lord, you're in a good place, but we realize he can, hey, praise the Lord, you're in a better place. Uh, and then you realize that God wants to use you uh, and God will work through you. God does that. God does that. Not Gideon, it's God. Hey, you're in the best place. And so uh, the commission for the work, number one, says a lot about Gideon. Uh, it says a lot uh, about Gideon. Uh, verse 13, when Gideon's saying, He's forsaken us, doesn't care about us, he's disinterested in us, he, I don't see God's hand moving, I don't see God uh, working, I don't see uh, any miracles. And so uh, the first thing to keep in mind, verse 14, the next words from the Lord, uh, he looked upon him and said, go, get involved, get busy, uh, get involved, serve the Lord. Uh, uh, he, God answers Gideon's doubts with, go, get busy, get serving, get involved in the work of the Lord. Uh, God answers Gideon's skepticism with, uh, go, get busy, get serving, get involved in the ministry uh, of the Lord. God answers Gideon's criticism uh, by saying, go, get busy, get involved, uh, uh, get busy in uh, the work uh, of the Lord. And, and where Gideon says, I, I don't see any miracles, uh, God would say, it's because you're not involved in the miracles that are happening you're not involved in the work of the Lord. And so uh, what I mean by it says a lot about Gideon, uh, when someone says there's nothing happening in the church, I always in my mind say uh, they're doing nothing in the church. That may have been a little strong. Um, when they're saying uh, the Lord's not doing anything in the church, basically tells me they're not doing anything in the church because those that are involved in the ministry, boy, they're seeing little Johnny get saved and Johnny's mom and dad coming to the Lord, strengthening that, that home and the blessings and the wherewithal uh, and all the handiwork of God and praise the Lord for that. But uh, those that aren't involved aren't seeing God's hand uh, involved. And so Gideon said, uh, where are the miracles of God? God's not working. And God says, uh, no, I am working. It's that you're not working. You're not working, and that's why you're not seeing. God's answer to someone whose absent and awareness of his presence is, hey, go get busy, get involved uh, in uh, the work uh, of the Lord. Uh, and we do know when Gideon does, he's going to see the handiwork of God, isn't he? When uh, 135,000 uh, Midianites, Amalekites, Midianites, uh, are defeated by 300 men that have a pitcher, uh, a flashlight, and a kazoo. Uh, you can only walk away from that saying, praise the Lord, this is the Lord's doing, uh, to God be the glory. And so uh, Gideon says, I don't see God moving. God's not blessing. Uh, God's not in this place. It says a whole lot about Gideon. It says a whole lot about Gideon. Uh, you don't have to turn there if you don't want. I don't even think we have it uh, for your screens, but this reminds me of John chapter 2, and the wedding of Cana of Galilee when Jesus and his disciples were called. Um, and uh, uh, Mary came to Jesus and said, uh, they have no wine. They've run out of wine. Jesus, do something. And, uh, and, and that's when he says the phrase, what have I to do with thee, woman? 
Um, and, and, and he calls the servants, and he says, gather the water pots. And then he calls the servants, and he says, fill the water pots up with water. And then he calls the servants and said, uh, take the water pots uh, into uh, there. John 2, 9, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not whence it was. Well, he had no idea. God's not doing anything. Nothing's happening here. There's no miracles. Where, be all his, where are all his miracles? He, he's not uh, involved here. Uh, he, he's right there drinking from a miracle of God. Right there uh, drinking from being blessed by a miracle of God, uh, but not seeing the miracle of God. Why? Because it goes on to say, he knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water they knew. They saw the handiwork of God. And so uh, those that are doing nothing are usually seeing nothing, but uh, those that are involved uh, serving in the ministry uh, absolutely are seeing the handiwork of God. And so Gideon uh, wasn't involved in God's work, wasn't walking in God's presence, wasn't spending time with God. Uh, and that's why uh, Gideon said, uh, yeah, right, if he's for us, then uh, why is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles? And uh, he's not really with us. God's answer to that was, boy, it, it'd probably be nice if he got involved so you could actually see, uh, you could actually see all that I'm doing behind the scenes. And so um, the confirmation uh, for the work, uh, this says a lot about Gideon, in my opinion. He's not involved, not busy. Uh, but then it also says a lot about God's grace. Uh, when God's first words to him was, after he said, God's not here, God's not blessing, God's forsaken us, uh, and the Lord immediately commissions him with, go, do, uh, and lead. And again, God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. Uh, God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. Uh, and I hope that none of us ever feel equipped. I hope none of us ever feel like we're talented enough or have the ability to, or, or uh, I got this, I don't need help. Um, uh, I've had people throughout the years say, um, uh, you ever feel like you're in over your head? Uh, just with the number of staff, the number of ministries, and uh, the building, all that's going on. Uh, my answer is always the same. I felt like we were in over our head day one. Uh, when the first service there was... 122 people in the auditorium. There was 202 total. Uh, there was 97, uh, 99, 99 voting members. Uh, when we were in uh, the car driving from California, uh, I don't know how many times we both are saying, man, I hope we can do this. It, this is a lot. I, uh, I'm not sure that I'm able to do this. And, uh, and, and I feel the same way today as I felt back then. Is anyone following this at all? Because as soon as I feel like I'm able, then I really don't need God's help. I, I hope I'm always in my spirit saying, uh, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Every hour, uh, I need you. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, uh, standing in the need of prayer. And that's what our spirit uh, should always be. And so uh, it says a lot about Gideon, but it also says a lot about grace. Uh, because on the heels of Gideon saying, God's not here, not blessing. Uh, all these problems are happening. He's forsaken us. The first words from the Lord are, boy, you're, the, you're exactly who I want to use, exactly uh, who I want to use. It reminds me 
uh, of Mark chapter 16. Remember in the upper room uh, when the Lord had met with them, and in verse number 14, afterward uh, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he upbraided them. Uh, he he uh, sharply, sternly rebuked them. He upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Boy, it sounds a lot like Gideon. Uh, and so uh, he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not uh, them which had seen him, the resurrection, uh, after he was risen. Uh, and then he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You're the ones I want to use right here. Uh, and so uh, this interaction, does it shock anybody else besides me that they, they fall, they flop so flat, uh, and God says, boy, I only have people that have faults, people that uh, have made mistakes to use, and the fact that you realize you can't do it on your own, boy, that's the first thing uh, I look for uh, in someone uh, that I want to use. God uses uh, the unusable. God involves the uninvolved. Uh, and, and so uh, he calls an unlikely hero to battle an unbeatable army uh, and to use some unconventional uh, weaponry. And, and, and by the way, I do like also that uh, Matthew's synoptic of Mark chapter 16 uh, is that huge towering verse that says, and lo, I am with you always. And lo, I am with you. Same thing that God's telling Gideon here, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll be with you. It's not about you. Uh, it's about me. In fact, look at it in verse number 16. 16. Uh, the Lord's already told him at once, and now verse 16. Uh, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as if there were only one person. Uh, and, and so uh, there's a correction in his words, affirmation, affirmation, encouragement. Uh, and then there's a commission for the work, a commission for the work. I want to use you. I mean, uh, you that was just basically all but saying, I don't believe in, in you know, I'm, I'm going to use you. Uh, and then the confirmation uh, in wonders. And we're going to get a little bit into this, not a lot into this, but look at verse number 17. Uh, and he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Uh, okay, uh, the first sign um, is uh, that, that you just heard me talking with you, okay? So uh, that's a sign that I'm talking with you. No, no, show me a sign. Uh, and and he, he does show him a sign in the offering, and we're going to look at that part. But uh, then the, the two other times he showed a sign, and it was after he already started obeying. It was after. It wasn't a matter of, I'm not going to go unless I see the sign. Uh, it was more of a confirmation, not a, uh, I'm going to wait until you prove this to me. Uh, but, but the sign that's unbelievable is when he says, okay, uh, I'm going to put a fleece out, uh, and, and, and I lose track of which order it is, but I'm going to put a fleece out, uh, and I want you to put dew on all of the grass and earth around it, but I want that fleece to be dry. Uh, the next morning he wakes up, it's exactly like uh, he asked for it to be God affirming that, oh, I need one more, let's, let's flip that, this time, uh, reverse it. Uh, and I'm walking away saying, Gideon, come on, Are you, you know, you're just not getting it. Because uh, Gideon said, this time, uh, make the fleece wet and the ground around it dry. And I'm thinking, wow, that's just, 
Uh, it's a lot, and, uh, and it's God's grace that is trying to bring him along, gently lead those uh, along. He's our great heavenly uh, shepherd that does that. And so, uh, verse number 17, uh, show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Verse number 18, depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. Uh, and he said, uh, I will tarry until thou come again. Put down number three, the confirmation uh, with the wonders. The confirmation uh, with the wonders. Look at verse number 19. Uh, and so Sunday morning, we're going to hit some, some huge practicalities, but there are segues of information uh, from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop. Uh, and this is one of those segues, in my opinion, this is a great passage, but, but, but don't get lost in it because God's taking us somewhere. 19. Uh, and Gideon went in and made ready a kid uh, and unleavened leavened cakes of an ephah of flour. Uh, the flesh he put in a basket uh, and he put forth the broth in a pot uh, and brought it out uh, unto him uh, uh, under the oak uh, and presented it. Uh, and the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh uh, and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock, this rock, by this rock. And pour out the broth, and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh, uh, the flesh and the unleavened cake. Uh, and there arose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh uh, and the unleavened cake. Uh, then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight, and when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, uh, Gideon, it took him a while to perceive that finally, uh, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And so uh, I think the last thing that I want to say about uh, this passage uh, is the confirmation with the wonders um, it at least gives me first a word about flesh, a word uh, about uh, flesh. He offered the flesh, he offered the flesh, there arose up a fire out of the rock that consumed the flesh, uh, and uh, it, the, the way it speaks to me is basically, Gideon, uh, this work isn't going to be done by way of the flesh. Uh, it's not about the works of the flesh. It's not about mustering up uh, the flesh. Circumcision is a cutting away of the flesh. It's not about uh, the flesh. Uh, it's not by might, flesh, nor by power, flesh, but by my spirit, saith the Lord uh, of hosts. And so uh, this task that I'm calling you to do, I get you're unable uh, and, uh, and, and uh, incapable and, and are even doubtful, uh, but, but uh, the answer is not strengthening the flesh. It's not about uh, getting 32,000 uh, gathered together to, to the weaponry. No, that's flesh, that's flesh, that's flesh, that's flesh. Boy, it's not about uh, the flesh. Uh, and then it also gives me a word about fire, a word about fire. Uh, it wasn't wildfire. It wasn't self-generated fire. Uh, there arose up fire uh, out of the rock, out uh, of uh, the rock. And so uh, Gideon's flesh that he offered consumed by God's fire, by God's uh, fire. And of course, uh, the Holy Spirit many times is uh, typified with uh, fire, by, uh, by fire. And, uh, and we, we do understand that the rock, the fire came from the rock. Remember 
uh, in Israel, they were given water from the, the rock, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Uh, and so um, uh, uh, it was a rock from which came the water. It was a rock uh, from which came the fire, that rock, that rock. And by the way, uh, Moses, uh, the difference between uh, when Moses is talking his way out of it, I'm slow of speech, I'm of a slow tongue, I can't do this. Um, I've already tried to do it once, and when I tried to do it in my flesh, my flesh, when I tried to do it in my flesh that first time, uh, I barely delivered one guy from the hand of an Egyptian, uh, barely delivered one guy uh, in the power of the flesh. Uh, uh, everyone else ran me out of town, uh, and so uh, I can't possibly do it in the flesh. Uh, does anybody remember when uh, the Lord engaged him, called him, confirmed to him? Uh, there was a bush involved, and uh, let's see, the bush was uh, on fire, uh, and the bush was not consumed. This wasn't fire started by lightning. Uh, this wasn't fire that was uh, started by Moses. This was the, the, the wherewithal of God. It originated from God, and the bush was not uh, consume. Uh, basically saying, Moses, I get it. You're unable. Hey, that's one of the reasons why I want to use you. Uh, but don't ever forget uh, that uh, I am able. Uh, and uh, if you're trusting in me, trusting in me, not your flesh, not your flesh. Uh, when Moses relied upon the flesh, bad things happened. Uh, when uh, he killed the Egyptian in the flesh, ran out of town, uh, when he struck the rock a, seven, a second time in his anger, the flesh, uh, bad things happened. Uh, but uh, when he was surrendered to God, surrendered to God, surrendered to the Spirit of God, the leading of God, uh, wonderful things happened. Because in the flesh, delivered one, uh, in the Spirit, following the will of God, uh, one and a half million people uh, were delivered. And so the last point, write it down, and, and we're absolutely done. The correction uh, with the words, it was more affirmation, affirmation. Uh, Bible reading in the morning, yes, I'm convicted at times, uh, but most of the times I'm reassured of the relationship uh, that I have with God, uh, and uh, I'm uh, encouraged by uh, what he uh, pours in, what he pours in. And so uh, uh, correction by the words, it was a positive. Uh, commission for the work, and now uh, confirmation with the wonders, the word about the flesh, it's not in your flesh. Um, a word about the fire, the Spirit of God. And then, uh, number four, the calming of his worries. The calming of his worries. Look at verse number 22. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God. It really does remind me of when Jacob was wrestling with the Lord. When Jacob was wrestling with the Lord. Uh, and uh, Jacob didn't get the angel of the Lord to submit. Um, if you look at the context and the phrasing, it was the angel of the Lord that finally got Jacob to, to, to submit, uh, to submit. It wasn't Jacob getting the angel to submit. It was the angel getting uh, Jacob to submit. That's why he touched the hollow of his thigh, uh, almost put him in a, uh, and Jacob taps, he taps out. And uh, because the angel, man, he had a, uh, a, a leg lock on him and touched the hollow of his thigh. Um, um, and and I, I've seen the Lord face to face. My eyes have seen, and, and just everything changed. His name was changed. His character was changed. Uh, everything was changed. And to me, with Gideon, this was a little bit like that. But uh, the calming of his worries, look at 23. 
And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. And I love those Jehovah names of, of God. Jehovah names of God. Jehovah Shalom. And uh, Gideon walks in with uh, absolutely no peace. Um, but Gideon walks out with incredible peace um, because it's the presence of God that gives peace. It's the power of God that gives peace. And uh, it's, it's faith in the Lord uh, is uh, uh, fear uh, is in opposition to faith. Why are ye fearful? He was fearful, O ye of little faith. But uh, when you have faith, you'll be bold as a lion. Uh, and so... Uh, God's encouraging him, trying to build him, trying to affirm to him. Uh, and then the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.